Good morning. The scripture reading this morning is from Proverbs, and it's Proverbs 9, Invitations of Wisdom and Folly. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has set out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke the mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on the seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen, is, oh, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there and that their guests are deep in the realm of the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Please open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 9 if you haven't already or get it up on your Bible app. I'm just going to be honest. You know, some weeks, this is probably true for all of us, some weeks you feel like you have a lot to give. You feel like you um, uh, are on the ball, and other weeks you don't. And this is one of those other weeks for me. I'm coming here feeling like I don't have a lot to give uh, from God's Word, but I'm going to Trust that what I have is enough for us today, because God is, God is speaking through His Word to us. Now, just to orient us here, um, we have been in the book of Proverbs for um, four weeks, and then I was gone for two weeks, so it's been a while since we have um, been in this book. And why are we digging into the book of Proverbs? Because we want to be wise people, that is, people who know how to choose what is right, people who are skilled at living well, living God's way in all parts of our life. Wisdom is that quality which, which is meant to uh, make God's word and God's ways internalized in us, so that whatever situation we're in, we instinctively know how to choose what is best and what is good. Often, um, you know, the world is filled with gray areas. There are so many situations in life 
for which there's no law in the Bible to follow. There's no clear teaching. That's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom governs our life. So it's what we need to kind of get us through Monday through Friday life. And for us today, we can call it following Jesus. They're not two separate things. The way of wisdom is the way of following Jesus. He is the true wise one who teaches us how to live. Now, Proverbs has 31 chapters, and the first nine chapters are just an introduction. Um, what you think of as Proverbs, those, those little pithy sayings made up of two lines, we haven't even gotten to those yet. We're still in the introduction. This is the last sermon in the introduction. And why does this book have such a long on-ramp, such a long introduction? I believe it's because the author understands that in order for wisdom to stick, we need to make sure we are teachable. We need to make sure that we are going to want to choose what is right. And all throughout the introduction, he's made it very clear that there are only two ways to live, only two paths to take. There's the way of wisdom, a.k.a. the way of Jesus, that leads to life. And there's the way of folly, which is our own way, or all the different ways humans think up to live. There's really only two. And so we come to, to the height of, of, his, of his instruction here in the introduction where he's saying, listen, choose wisely which way you will take. Choose wisely. There are these two ways. And in this chapter, in Proverbs 9, the author represents the way of wisdom and the way of folly as two women uh, sitting at the doors of their houses, inviting us in. There are these two competing invitations. And for, for the sake of clarity, he presents these as very stark choices but in the words of one Bible commentator, in reality, we're kind of running back and forth between these two houses all the time, right? It's not like you choose once and then you're golden. And so we need to learn how to become people who choose wisely, who can identify the way of wisdom and walk in that way. So what I want to focus on this morning is to ask how we can do that. How can we choose wisely? How can you recognize the house of wisdom, a.k.a. the path of Jesus, and take it? So first, let's look at these two choices we have between wisdom and folly. Starting with wisdom, uh, verses 1 through 6. Wisdom is personified as this woman, this lady, sitting outside of her home. <clears throat> Let's read verses 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Seven, the number of perfection and completeness. And it's a large, spacious home. Verse 2, she has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She's gotten this delicious feast ready for whoever will come. She has also set her table. It's all laid out. It's all ready for us. 
And verse 3, she has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food, drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. So what's going on here? She's She's calling out in a place where everyone can hear her. Come to my house. This invitation is for all people, not just a select few, not just an elite, wise few, people who are simple, people who don't know the way to go. She's inviting them in. Come and and feast on what I have prepared and come into my house. You know, Jesus uses the same imagery. I think Don preached on this two weeks ago. The king sending out his messengers into the highways and byways, right? Saying, come to this banquet that I have prepared. And you know what? That is the essence of the gospel invitation. If there's one word that would sum up the gospel invitation, it's come. Come. Everything is all laid out already. Work has been done For you, just come and receive. Just turn from the way you're going and come and receive what I have for you. Isn't that what Jesus says to all of us? He doesn't wait for us to become wise or to become pure or to become holy. He sees us as we are, sinful, messed up, out to lunch. He says, come, follow me. The way of wisdom says, come into my house. Come and receive what I have for you. Um, When was the last time you were invited to a wedding? Maybe it was uh, probably not during COVID. So think back a few years. Have you ever gotten a, a wedding invitation on that creamy, thick paper? It says, come, you're invited and it's, you know, at such and such time at this beautiful reception venue, the menu is, is beef bourguignon or grilled Atlantic salmon with rice pilaf. There's an open bar for people who are into that sort of thing. Um, there's dancing. There's live music. Come. You're invited. All you have to do is RSVP and show up. Well, for wisdom, you don't even have to RSVP. You just Come. It's all laid out for you. The feast has already been prepared. Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3 says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. That's wisdom. That's the way of Jesus. Come as you are. It's all prepared for you. All you have to do is show up, which means turning from your Course, from your simple ways and coming into the house of wisdom. 
Now, why doesn't everybody choose that? Why, why don't we choose that sometimes? Well, some people have never heard the invitation. A messenger has never reached them. They've never heard the gospel. And that's a very real problem. But there's a problem named here in this text, which is uh, there's another voice calling out. There's another woman sitting at the door of her house and enticing people to come in. And that's where we'll turn now. Uh, And we'll look at verses 13 through 18. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. We'll stop there for a moment. This is almost verbatim the same message as wisdom. Uh, Let all who are simple come to my house. She's preying on people who, like us, sometimes are out to lunch, have no sense of what is right and wrong, are set on our own way. So folly here is personified as a, as a woman. And remember, folly in the Bible is not being silly or clownish, but it's being stubbornly set on one's own dysfunctional, sinful, uh, deadly way. That's folly. Um, so that is personified as a woman. And so we have these two women, wisdom and folly, and there are similarities and differences. Uh, wisdom has built her house. It's a grand, spacious house. Folly is kind of sitting in her doorway, right? Um, wisdom offers <clears throat> wine and meat. Folly offers bread and water. You know, bread eaten in secret. Wisdom is honest. Folly is deceptive, enticing us to come in with false promises. And and folly, a.k.a. sin, is always like that. It makes promises to us of pleasure, promises of fulfillment, promises of joy, and then it makes us fall flat. It cannot deliver what it promises. I have to share this story. It's not a perfect fit, but... Pardon me. Um, my brother-in-law, Ewan, uh, Meg's oldest brother, um, tells a story of when he was about 10 years old. Um, now, in their home growing up, sugary cereal was a no-no. Okay? They were not allowed to eat sugary cereal. So one day, Ewan, who was 10 at the time, took some of his money and went to the store somehow and bought a box of Lucky Charms. <laughs> and he smuggled it into his room. And then he waited for a time when no one was home. And he thought, ah, now is my time. Food eaten in secret is delicious. <laughs> so he, ran, he took the box of cereal and ran downstairs and opened the fridge. He poured the cereal into a big bowl and opened the fridge, and they were out of milk. <laughs> so he thought, 
I don't care. I'm still going to have my lucky charms. And he, he filled the bowl with apple, ju- apple juice. <laughs> and then he took a bite. And he thought, this is so disgusting. <laughs> but I'm going to enjoy my lucky charms. And he ate that whole doggone bowl, soggy with apple juice. And for him, that is the taste of folly. Right? He remembers that even as a 43 year old man. Sin does not deliver what it promises. And unfortunately, more is at stake than soggy cereal. Let's look at verse 18. Little do they know, little do these passers by know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. This is very sobering language. And so that is the invitation of sin, of folly. Come and enjoy these sweet things. But little do they know that that the doorway of of folly's house is a doorway to death. There's a man named Ed Welch who wrote a book about addictions, and he says, addictions are a banquet in the grave. A banquet in the grave. And I would say all sin is that way. It promises wonderful things, but it leads you to death. So how and where does the voice of folly call to you? You know, if, if you're going about, going about your life and you, you hear, you know, Jesus calling you to do something and you hear the voice of folly or sin calling you to do something else, where does that show up in your life? Is it temptation to sexual immorality or uh, drugs and alcohol addiction or um, nursing a grudge against someone that feels so sweet and pleasurable? Is it anger, sort of the, the, the high that you can get off of anger? The good news is that God will give you the wisdom you need to to be aware of that voice calling to you and to say no and to realize that way way leads to death. That's the way of folly. That's the way of sin. I'm sure you all have those things in your life that you know are leading you in that direction. And so... Jesus, by his grace and by his power, will help you to choose what is right and to turn away from what is wrong. Now, sandwiched between these two women, wisdom and folly, these two choices we have, there's a section that talks about the two types of choosers there are. So not only are there two different choices, but more importantly, there are two different kinds of choosers. There are two heart postures that, that each of us have, one or the other. And so that's in verses 7 through 12. I'll read that again for us. <clears throat> Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. 
Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Do you see the the two different types of choosers there are, the two different types of people? There are those who are wise and righteous. There are those who are mockers and wicked. They're contrasted to each other, against each other here. And if you could draw like a mental, two columns and a line down the middle and wrote wise on one side and mockers on the other, what would be the characteristics of the wise person? Well, they are someone who is open to correction and criticism and feedback, whereas the mocker is someone who bristles and gets defensive and angry when someone challenges them or when something wrong is identified in their life. The wise are those who who fear the Lord and have a, a relationship of loving respect for God and His ways. And the mocker is, is the one who sees himself as the highest authority, right? The wise are, are those who will be rewarded, it says. They will get wiser and wiser. Their wisdom will reward them with good life, long life, blessed life. And the mocker will suffer. Right? These two very distinct ways of being, different types of people. Proverbs teaches us that character is destiny. Who you are is where you will end up. Does that make sense? So your character is like this vector pointing out in a straight line from you. And so if you are Uh, If a person is foolish, selfish, unforgiving, prideful, violent, abusive, whatever, that line points straight out for eternity toward hell. On the other hand, if a person is becoming more loving, more forgiving, kind, truthful, courageous, etc., Christ-like, that is a line pointing straight out to heaven. Your character is your destiny. So what kind of a chooser are you? What kind of a person are you? The best way to tell if you are wise, if you're more like the wise person or the mocker is how you respond to criticism and challenge. Whether that comes from a person or something in God's word that that. Um, um, that contradicts your will and your ways, how do you respond to that? That's a, that's a good diagnostic for how wise or foolish you are. And so carefully consider what kind of a person you are, what kind of a chooser you are, especially as we go into the rest of the book of Proverbs and are learning very practical things about how to live 
the wise person will soak it up and will grow and blossom and, and be like the person in good soil, whereas the mocker will, it'll just bounce off of them. I have a pastor friend who has told me that in his church, he's been astonished at the contrast between those who are hardened and nothing seems to get through to them and those who are growing in Christ and receptive to teaching and just growing faster and and deeper than he could imagine. Which kind of person are you? And we actually have a choice in the matter. We can, we can choose who we are and who we become. It's been said, the only person you are guaranteed to spend eternity with is yourself. So what kind of a person are you? Now, Proverbs emphasizes, and this chapter is no, no exception, Proverbs emphasizes that we can choose. We have, we have a real choice. Life is not about what happens to you, but what you do, what you choose to do. And the voice of wisdom is calling out to all of us all day long, every day. Uh, Jesus has spread his table he has, will come to the Lord's table in a minute. He's done everything for us to be able to have life and to grow in wisdom and to follow him. All we have to do is say yes to him every time you hear his voice. Maybe you feel like you have made so many bad choices in life that it's going to be too hard to get back, too hard to choose the way of wisdom. And I said this in an earlier sermon, the way of Jesus is always only one step in the opposite direction. Amen? So you can always choose his way. I encourage you as we come to the Lord's table this morning to let him speak to you about your life and hear his voice saying, come to me. Come from whatever you're in. If there's a, a part of your life that, is, that you know you're off in the weeds, you know you're, you're entering the house of folly, hear his voice and turn and come to him. May this church, this is my prayer, may this church be full of good choosers, of people who say yes to Jesus, yes to the, the voice of wisdom. And with God's grace, we will be. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you invite all of us 